The Sports Career Podcast, episode 228. How is technology applied inside a football club? Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Career Podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen to another episode. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who's an expert in a particular sector in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in the football industry, particularly in the technology sector. I really do hope that this episode can support you with regards to your sports career development, interests, and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest, I'm bringing back Saad Farouk. Saad was on the show talk about technology in the sports industry, but in this episode, we'll be really digging deep with regards how technology is applied at a football club. And Saad has a fascinating sports career journey. He's worked at Wimbledon, he's worked with the Olympics, but also he has been the IT operations manager and deputy head of IT at Manchester United. So for that reason, it's brilliant to have Saad back on the show. And that's why in today's episode, Saad will share his sports career journey and explain to you how technology is applied in a football club. It's a privilege to have you back on the podcast show. You're the first ever guest to come back on the podcast show, so it's great to have you back. Would you mind just sharing just an overview of your sports career journey? There will be a link of your first podcast chat with me as well, but just for the listeners who haven't listened to your first podcast with me, can you just give an overview of your sports career journey? When did it all start? Thank you, Ed. Um, A great introduction as ever, and thank you for having me again. And I'm very privileged to be the, your first guest guest of, you know, coming back to your um, to your show. Um, I really admired what you've been doing in the last few months months. And um, yeah, it's um, it's real time. It's very unprecedented uh, right now. But hey, we are the soldiers of the uh, sport industry, and um, we'll always embrace and uh, support everybody who would like to come into the industry and. Small introduction about myself again, just to uh, put things together. Um, basically, you know, the, whoever didn't listen to the, uh, the our first podcast, um, I've been I've been in the sport industry for the last uh, 16 years. I've been working in uh, big tournaments like um, World Cups, Olympics, um, Asian Games, uh, Euros. I've done uh, five Wimbledon in a row. Um, I've been working for um, Manchester United as the deputy head of IT. Um, then I become uh, an independent um, sport or football consultant uh, from technology point of view. And just really quickly, would you mind just sharing some career guidance tips for people who want in, who people who want to work in the event sector? Because you said you worked at Wimbledon World Club. So what did you learn from those experiences before specialising in technology? You learn to deal with people first before the technology. Um, obviously, you know technology is your um, your main domain, but obviously the people in sports are they have um, maybe a bit of a competitive age, 
um, you kind of sense that and understand to how to build that kind of rapport uh, very, very quickly, um, understand how people works, uh, what's their environment, and how they look into things from a completely different perspective. Um, sport people are always very competitive people. Um, you need to understand that. Um, I mean, if they are not competitive, then they shouldn't be in sport. Uh, that's 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 my that's the baseline. You always feel like um, technology would come second after dealing with people because uh, you know if you're not a people man, um, then you're gonna struggle. I think uh, you know technology in sport now uh, it becomes like it's embedded in the DNA of the sport. Um, the, the the technology consumption is is now in, in a completely different um, level. Um, people consume technology in many different ways. The consumption itself is, is different from a football club to sport organization to association to maybe a rugby club or um, basketball or handball. Um, but but the the main um, the holistic approach for the for technology is basically the same. You look into the, those four pillars that we mentioned last last time. Any sports organization would be looking at sports systems, um, administration systems like the normal systems in any business, and then you have the venue systems, and then the um, the retail e-commerce uh, warehousing. This is basically the four pillars of, of the sport. So you need to understand those kind of um, or that kind of uh, structure first. That will help you a lot and help you understand the needs of people before the technology. So uh, your your job in many different ways is to facilitate what people need using technology as a vehicle. Absolutely. And just the one thing I'd like to touch on, because there's one observation I've seen develop and grown with regards to your career journey is your personal brand on Twitter. So with regards to when we last spoke, I see now you've just built a real good influence there. Out of interest, how have you improved your personal brand and why is it important for students or anybody who wants to pursue a career in the sports industry? It's really important to have a good discipline um, on your tweets or your Facebook or your LinkedIn profile. Um, you need to uh, stick to what you really know because people just on the on social media, the, their their uh, opinions are a bit radical, um, and they can come across a bit, um, you know, in a not a bit aggressive. Um, the thing is that when you just stick to what you know and maybe provide people with some information, some um, statistical uh, numbers, um, highlight things for them that. See, guys, um, that was the game. Uh, that what what happens in the game from you know technology point of view. You can see um, uh, the true view system, for example, or virtual reality, or um, oh look, or look look how uh, goal line technology changed the last season, for example. Um, you know things like that will just um, it builds that kind of trust uh, from your followers. Uh, but at the same time, uh, again, kind of respect from everybody as well. Um, the thing is that on social media, my advice is that just mention a fact and leave it. 
because if you put on an opinion, then you will you will see a lot of um, you know different criticism in, in many different ways, and obviously you know things like that would affect people uh, because people come across a bit harsh on on social media, and um, you know if you if you meeting that kind of you know hard on harsh criticism, it doesn't really help. Um, and people people just need to watch out we're all human and we all wants to have an opinion um and we are all entitled to our opinions however um an opinion in, in something is not an opinion in one person like because once you step into this area then it becomes a judgment of of a person so um i think in you know the mentioning a fact and leave it for people out there it becomes in a form of a informative tweet or or informative um, way of communicating with people, and just leave it there. And don't don't try to keep things personal. Um, speak about your industry, about what raise the awareness of many, maybe um, an idea, or maybe a new technology, or a technology that's been used, and highlight how it helps the the, the sport. So I think these these are the these are my advice. Um, that's the you know the overall. When you look at it in in a holistic approach or a holistic view, uh, that becomes your your brand. It does indeed, and I think this is really important to highlight because, as we know, we've both been connecting a long time on Twitter, and we've got Deer as well, who we always try and add value on these platforms. Just for people who are not sure where to start, like you said earlier, to just pick one, but that you know we've got TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. LinkedIn, like, when did you make that decision going right? Actually, I'm just going to focus on Twitter and go less is more approach because I think this is a really important discussion, really, because we're in a world now, there's so many platforms and you spread ourselves too thin on each one instead of being focused and good on one. So just going back to a point, could you remember that time in your career when you went, right, I'm going to just stick to Twitter and just, as you say, stick being consistent with the facts and building those discussions. Can you remember that moment? from a time scale perspective? Yeah, actually, um, about a few years ago, I just looked at, you know, there are so many things or so many ways of communicating with people. And obviously, those platforms are different and the, the, they are used for different, you know, uh, targets or objectives for different people. Um, I thought, you know, the, the use of LinkedIn, it's really all about how professional you are how good you are in your job, and you could collect maybe uh, recommendations from ex-colleagues or people that you worked with or your customers. And also, it's not a place to raise an opinion. Um, that's in my. That's only just my uh, my, my view. Um, that's how I think about, about LinkedIn. I'm not very active, except connections and everything, but I don't really visit LinkedIn too much. Um, it's there for my profile. It just shows people what I do and what my experience is and uh, what other people that I work with uh, think of me and how I think of, of someone else. Um, you know, I, I give recommendations to people who used to work with me and I receive recommendations and it's very, very welcome from everybody. The moment I saw maybe Twitter is the best way of doing it, is because Twitter is very simple. It's 280 letters, that's all. Um, it actually teach you how to communicate very efficiently because you're limited 
um, into like 280 letters, you have to put your idea across with, within, the, with that, within that limitation, which is absolutely great. I know that um, Twitter is introducing the voice tweeting, uh, which is absolutely great as well. So uh, at least people might put, you know, uh, voice on faces as well. Um, it, it's, it's really good. And I saw people who are on Twitter, they either there to maybe for fun or either there to raise the, their, their voice. And I saw, you know, that by, by using uh, um, Twitter, that would get me across to people in the most efficient way and I can I can put my ideas across and I can put my um, you know any updates about technology or anything like that I think it will be very helpful for many people um, obviously Facebook and um, and you have like TikTok and you know the different uh, platforms um, I use each one of them for a very uh, limited objective so Facebook is like my house. I got my friends and I have my uh, people that I know uh, or maybe people that I would like to communicate with. In, um, but I'm very limited there. I mean, like, you know, I put a picture with people, you know, hey guys, I've been doing this. You know, um, I make sure that my, my family's all right because I'm, I obviously live abroad. I live in the UK and they live in Egypt. Um, so that's basically the, my use to Facebook. Uh, for Twitter, I, I basically use it in, a, in maybe a professional way um, rather than, you know, it's basically a personal level, Facebook, Twitter is the medium level where I can join both um, and LinkedIn is just to, you know, for my professional profile and I just leave it out there. Um, I took that decision like four years ago and I didn't use anything else. Um, I'm very, very limited on Instagram and, and I don't do any Snapchat. I'm not a member of the TikTok era. Um, and I'm, you know, it's not, it's not that I don't like TikTok. It's just about, you know, they, they, are, they are different medium, uh, different platforms to reach an objective. Absolutely. And thank you so much for sharing that. I really do hope the listeners enjoyed that because it's really important now. I'm a big believer building your personal brand is vital in any industry, but particularly in the sports industry. And less is more in regards to social media and also it's how we use our time as well we can't be on social media all the time we've got actual work to do as well uh, my mentor said chris ducker um being on social media is not part of your work and he's so spot on so just getting back to your career now and getting to today's podcast topic how is technology applied with regards to a football team yeah um a few years ago people wouldn't communicate in in the same way that we communicate today uh, there are things that came into the equation um, that completely changed the way that two person would communicate even when within the same family imagine how you communicate within a football team that has you, you know over 30 player and then you have uh, the the technical team and the fitness team and you know, there are so many people in in uh, in a football team that they would need a, a proper way of communicating, and it's like a one channel that collects everything. Also, a few years ago, years ago, uh, there was some problems within the communication part inside the football team. Like, for example, 
if you are a player coming back from an injury, for example, if the nutrition is not talking to the doctor, then there is an issue here. If the sports scientist is not talking to the doctor, then there is an issue here because the doctor might give different medication that might, you know, impact the way that the player can perform. So the communication becomes a really, really very big, big issue. As we speak right now, um, we have now the tools to collect every part of the football team and put it into a proper way of communicating together. Like, for example, players will, would have like a, a mobile application that is specialized and very customized to what this club is. And even the, uh, the legal team, the, uh, the medical team, the performance team, the technical uh, team, the scouts, the uh, equipment, uh, the kit guys, um, the, the club secretary, the finance, there are many things around football team. Uh, now there are there are some platforms out there that, that facilitate all the, all those kind of communications under one umbrella. So the way it works is the the head coach, for example, or the uh, the manager would have an area within one system. Uh, the technical team would have their area as well. The performance guys are the same. The legal guys are the same. The equipment, the agent, the logistics, the back office, the facilities. Nutrition's, um, they, if, the, if you have an academy in, in your club, they will also have a place in that, uh, in that system. And there are like mobile applications that for the players and for the, uh, the, the members of the, of the team um, to give them the proper notifications. There are communication channels. Let's say, for example, the uh, club secretary or the um, uh, the manager would like to have uh, let's let's go and do a training session in a slightly different time next week at that time with a press of a button that notification goes into everybody in the team and at the same time it goes into their calendars as well so everybody understand and know that this is the the time that we're going to do uh, a, a training session also within the within the details it tells them what's that training session is and what they're going to do. Um, the legal team, for example, would have a list of all the contract uh, expiry dates, uh, starting dates, um, you know, different, maybe different uh, highlights within the contracts. The equipment guy would know, for example, that yes, we're traveling to that place. Let's, uh, let's say you're going for a tour, the summer tour. Uh, the equipment guy will understand, yes, we, we're going to that place, which means it rains over there. So I have to take the, the raining shoes with, shoes with me in the, the, the collection of all the team. I have to take those kind of training kits. I have to prepare this uh, training kit for the, uh, for the tour. Nutrition guys would understand, okay, now we're traveling to China, for example. These are the things that I need to feed the players. That's how I need to arrange what I need out there as uh, food and stuff like that. And also in order to make sure the team is fed properly. The facilities, guys, they, you know, the logistics. If you look at the logistics and you're going for a tour, for example, you need to understand, okay, I need buses from here to there. Uh, to the airport and need the uh, this is the 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 flight that we're going to take this is the flight number and all that goes to into a notification to to the players uh, these are the training sessions these are the um, 
my logistics behind those training sessions. So before the players come into the bus, you know, the kid guys would be basically filling the uh, the bus with all the equipment they need in the in that training session. Let's say the uh, the manager looking at the season, for example. There are there are um, many different ways to to put it together, but the system also allow the manager to to interface the uh, the calendar of all their games across all the uh, to tournaments and competitions into one area. The, medic the medical team as well have a place in that system. They can record all the injuries, how they, what's the progress of it, and what's the uh, historical data of all the um, injuries across the entire team. Both science guys would also do that. And also, the, there, is, there is a huge part of, of those platforms talking about data and how to collect the data and uh, from GPS on the training or maybe drone footage or maybe they collect data from um, other companies like, um, you know, the uh, we Scout or Instats or all those kind of um, uh, data collection and stats companies. Um, the systems also have an API to feed all this data into it. And if you have an, um, a, a data ana analysis or um, data analyst within the team and uh, a data scientist, their job is to collect all this data, do their processing, and highlight whatever they need to highlight, and push the reports up to the technical team. Which they, by turn, they look into it and talk to the to the manager, and they take decisions based on different data that comes to them. So, in in a way that you can say this is a football management system or football management platform for the football club to use in order to enhance the way they communicate, but also to uh, look into what they can enhance and how they can apply this enhancement and how they can grow from there. I was going to say, I find this really interesting side because basically, just as an overview, because you said quite a lot there and it was really interesting to listen. So with regards to technology, with this platform, it doesn't just tick the box of effective communication with a group of people or a group of departments, but the main key element which it does do as well is not just create data, but data that creates better decisions. So just from a coach's perspective, how can technology, what you've just mentioned, support them with regards to making big decisions on and off the pitch? Um, from coach's point of view, if you, if the, if you look at the, um, how, how the system can, can help, there are so many ways. I would say the, the two or three different main areas are, first of all, it's a tool for them to organize what you want to do and organize their thoughts as well. Um, the second point is it's a platform where everything is actually in one place and you don't need to call somebody in order to get or in order to feed some information. The third point is that the amount of stats and data in 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 this in this era or the the time that we live in is basically driving a lot of decisions so if you if you look at liverpool for example they have like a model to say it's a data driven model um, but if you look at you know maybe maybe different um clubs they, they consume it in a different way um 
I think it's it's pretty, it's really very helpful. Um, it looks at the entire uh, platform or the entire team and get them together into like one place. Um, that those kind of platforms also now provide like a kiosk for players within the training center. So if you are a player walking to the training center, the whole entire program of the day is basically displayed out of that system. Um, it helps. It helps in many different ways. Um, I think it. You know, a lot of people wouldn't, you know, use it necessarily right now. But I think in the in the next coming, you know, few years, like five six years, it is going to be the main uh, tool to be used within a football club. Uh, not only a football club, but within the academies as well, because they, uh, you know, those systems also uh, provide like. Uh, uh, like parents' uh, access to their kids' profile. Um, if you're in, in an academy, for example, uh, parents knows what what's the training times are, what's the program of training, what they need to feed the kids, etc., uh, etc. Et so there is a lot. There is a lot out there that you know a lot of benefits out there that the everybody within the football community can take advantage of. And just looking at technology as a bigger picture, where do you see technology influencing the football club perspective moving forward? Technology is a tool to, to be used to help people perform better. It's not everything. Um, and when you talk to anybody in, in, in sport, you would say, OK, I need to measure what I do in order to find out what needs to be done in order to be better. So I think it's uh, you know the 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 new coaches and the new um, you know new managers, they they rely more and more in data on on data in order to enhance the the way they they train their players, build their their plans for different games, but also data is one part of one dimension. Uh, there are other dimensions like you know the 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 naked eye kind of observation from coaches watching or video analysis uh, and then the data and when you combine all of them together in in a way that you can get the best out of each of those elements then you are you become very very successful mm. and I, I find what you said really interesting there about how we use data to measure you know future results I think that's an that's not just in the football industry as any walks of life and uh, just going back to your career now out of interest from our last podcast chat, what have you enjoyed the most from your sports career journey? I think it's um, it's it's the experience that we all had with COVID, and how how it makes people very resilient. Um, despite what what the industry is doing, um, I think it's uh, everybody will look back into this kind of um, period and just remember what how resilient we are, um, how resilient we are, and how um the act of kindness as the uh the treasury uh, guy says i think it's the just the time that we're living in and how how we all acted and how we reacted to a pandemic um it's um it affects everybody's career it, you know whoever stick it out there is is basically the most resilient there's a lot of people that's been affected and um it's very sad to see people getting you know redundant or um, while they're very good at their jobs and 
very good at what what they do but you know they it, as they say the um the smooth sea or flat sea doesn't make a good sailor i think it's um or the psychology way of looking at it uh, it makes you more resilient as as a person and as uh, and more tough mentally and more stronger out to you know whatever you you've gone through during this area uh, during this period absolutely and being resilient is so important it's something i've even experienced myself during this whole podcast journey for the last four years but it's a great word resilient and it's something that if you want to work in the industry it's part of how you turn adversity into success um just getting back to the final question of this podcast chat which i've thoroughly enjoyed as you know side i always like to finish with an inspirational question what advice would you give to an IT specialist who wants to transition into the sports industry? It's a it's very interesting question, Ed, and I know that you know it's one part of your of one really very good part, and I always look at look forward for that part in your podcasts. Um, the advice is that if you look at look at yourself and always enhance your skills, uh, don't sit still. Um, always have uh, an inspiration to, to yourself or always have a target. Uh, I, I call it the, the renewal cycle of inspiration. If you don't inspire yourself, um, you, you lose your motivation. And I think it's, uh, motivation is a very, very important part of your life. Um, look into what you can do with yourself to make yourself better as a person and as a, um, as a professional. Um, Obviously, I'm, I'm included as well in this advice. I advise myself as well as everybody else. How about from an IT perspective, just for the people who are in information technology, because there's one thing I've learned from you is you, you stuck to your niche. So just really quickly, like what would you give from a, somebody in IT? Um, someone in IT specifically, um, I would say, you guys just look after people first and you it will be easy to look after technology um your relationship with with people is um is very uh, is, a, is a key to your success and um, know how to negotiate your your way around because i know that a lot of people in it would just look into uh, will be very uh, focused on on technology but also there are other, there are other parts of of the job um one of them is you know how to deal with people look into how to enhance the your communication um how to get across your ideas um in a much uh, clear simple way because you know in a layman terms because our jobs have a lot of terms and different expressions and different way of dealing with things i mean dealing with a machine is not like dealing with people so you know i would say strength the way that you um you deal with people before your before your technology that is great and thank you so much for sharing those career guidance tips out of interest how can people interact with you online i'm active on twitter um at site farouk uh that's this is the platform that i communicate with uh with anybody who would like to communicate with me um linkedin um as as i mentioned i just keep it just to display my profile and what i do and uh that is great. To all the listeners listening in, those two links will be on my website relating to this podcast chat and blog post. Side, as always, it's always a pleasure chatting with you on Twitter, but 
particularly today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ed. It's been a pleasure and uh, thank you for having me again. Thank you very much. Wow, what a fascinating podcast chat with Syed. What I really enjoyed interviewing Syed again. And he did it in the first podcast we ever spoke about the four pillars of technology. And it's really worth a listen. There will be a link in the show notes. But getting to my point with Syed, he has this great way of explaining something quite complicated, like technology can be complicated in the understanding. Sometimes we use technology, as he says, as a tool. But what I enjoyed the most learning from Syed is people come first. You know, sometimes we use technology as like this shiny object that's going to solve every problem because its technology is efficient, it's quick. But what I enjoyed learning from Syed as a sort of reminder, it comes down to people. People is really where the sports industry is. Not just pursuing a career, but getting things done. But technology is there to make things more efficient, more effective, when everything's linked together. Like going back to Side's point of why technology is so important for a football club, it's to bring everything together in one secure, safe place. We didn't really talk about technology and security. That's another podcast topic. But what I learned from Side of from a communication standpoint, when everything's interlink, everything is more effective of a manager, a CEO, a secretary, a coach, a sports scientist to make better decisions through the use of technology. But from a sports career development perspective, the one area I really taken from this conversation is what Syed was talking about, our resilience. We all have it. It just depends how we use it as fuel to motivate us, to inspire us, how we use adversity and turn it into success. Being resilient and making a career in the sports industry is really part of the journey. I'm so glad that Side shared that part because it is tough. It is competitive, which Side said right at the beginning. But with regards to you moving forward, with regards to your sports career development, really apply what Syed was saying right at the end with regards to having the ability to motivate yourself in what you want to do in the sports industry because really that is the fuel that gets us out of bed in what we do. So on that note, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast chat and put Syed's career tips into practice today and make it happen. Now, as always, at the end of each podcast episode, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Side said, dealing with their machine is not like dealing with people. So focus on how you work with people in sport before you work in technology.